T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is a Tuesday afternoon, and just so you know, Tommy Tuberville is not really keeping all of these promotions uh, from going through. It is a great piece of propaganda that uh, Tiny Tim Kane is trying, and uh, well, I suppose having some degree of success with those who are helping him, but trying to advance this idea. That uh, Tommy Tuberville is blocking everything. Uh, the reality is that they could get this done. They could get this fixed in a matter of minutes. It is Democrats in the Senate who are allowing this to block everything. And let me explain to you why that is happening. Because the Democrats in the Senate are doing everything they can to try and put negative attention on Republicans, conservatives, etc. They are always aided, abetted, enabled by folks in the legacy news media. We already know that. And so you, you get this sort of stuff. But here's the reality. There's a distraction campaign going on as we speak. There's a very serious case of misdirection. If they could go and hire every magician on planet Earth, I guarantee you, the Democrats would grab them because they need people looking elsewhere. They need us to pay attention to something other than the facts. Because once you start dealing with the facts, you're trying to figure out how you pay more for gasoline. Now, I know, I know we got the uh, the inflation numbers. Remember this? The inflation numbers. Oh, listen, everything is fine eh, so long as you take gasoline and uh, food out of the equation. Well, sure. Okay. I mean, but why stop there? Why you take your mortgage payment out? Because if you take, seriously, to use that sort of logic that's coming from the leftists, you you say, well, we'll look at inflation, but we're, we're not going to include any of the numbers for food or fuel. Uh-huh. So you get your checkbook out. Whether it's, a, it's an old-fashioned kind that you write on or it's on your phone. But you get your checkbook out. And then you go down the list of bills that you are paying. First, for most of us, rent or mortgage, right? It's usually the biggest. Maybe you have a car payment. Maybe uh, maybe you like lights on in your house. <laughs> Probably paying the, uh, the electric bill. 
How about water? Are you in favor of running water in your house? Yeah, you're going to pay that bill. Cooling, heating, is that all covered under your electric, right? Some people have got uh, gas for that, so I mean, you got to check that. Then you're going to go because you're one of those crazy people you like to eat every day. And if you're like my boys, man, not only do you like to eat every day, you like to eat multiple times each day. So then you got to buy food. And, um, well, what? Oh, well, yeah, you've got your car. And, and uh, you've got to actually go somewhere and put fuel in the car. So you got to make that payment. Oh, don't forget, you're also going to have taxes that you're going to have to pay. And I, maybe you want to buy yourself something nice. Or maybe you want to buy yourself something that's not all that nice. Maybe you're just thinking, man... Jeff, I, I'm not. I'm not booking a vacation. I, I just need, you know, I need underwear that fits, or I, I need a pair of socks that don't have holes in them. Okay. You have any tuition bills? Because a lot of us are helping our kids, right? And some people help more than others. I, I will tell you. I mentioned this not too long ago. Uh, the deal I made with the boys was this: uh, you will each graduate from college without student loan debt. Now, that doesn't mean I'm paying for all of your college. Not by a long shot. You are going to work. You're going to take advantage of any uh, grants or scholarships or what have you that are available to you. And you're going to pony up some of your money. Because I'm not the one who's getting the, uh, the fancy degree from Stanford or Ithaca. That's you guys. But... I will make sure that neither one of you graduates with student loan debt. That's the deal. Maybe you're helping your kids that way. I know tomorrow we've got a big payment coming to Ithaca. And I, I just know that because we're on, you know, we're on a scheduled payment sort of a thing. And I, I know we're going to get whacked by Stanford in another week or so. Okay, but, but those are things that, that, that I've signed on to, right? Now, imagine for a second, as I'm going down that list, and you're going down that list, you say, I, man, I, I just I don't have enough. I, I just don't have enough. Well, using the logic that the White House said, to us with this whole inflation thing where you just take things away. You just don't count them. So you look at your list and say, well, uh, I'm no longer going to count the mortgage. And I'm not going to count tuition. Now, all of a sudden, you got, what, thousands of dollars you didn't have before. Now, here's the tiny little detail. Your, your bank, your credit union, whoever it is that you have this uh, long-term relationship with in terms of housing, they are going to come to you at some point and say, hey, I don't know how to break it to you, but you owe us some money. What the White House is doing is imaginary. It's not, it's not real. Well, we'll look at inflation. We just won't look at the cost of food. We won't look at the cost of fuel. That's not the way any of us are able to live in the real world. In the real world, we're dealing with food and fuel and all the rest of it every single solitary day. That's the problem we've got right now. We've got folks who are lying to us day in and day out. And instead of getting called out on it, what happens? Well, you and I both know. The ranks of the legacy news media folks flock to it and do everything they can to support that sort of stuff. 
just today. I mean, this is bizarre. I'm taking a look at the uh, the RTD sites. And <laughs> uh, Susanna Gibson has a, has an op-ed in today's RTD. And no, 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 it's not how you make a lot of money doing porn online. Although, that does seem to be her area of expertise. No, this is apparently uh, something about uh, drug prices. But in all candor, I just couldn't even bring myself to read the doggone thing. Because as I see the name Susanna Gibson, I've got images in my mind that, quite frankly, I just wish I didn't have. But it's too late now. I've seen the videos. There's no mention of that in the RTD. It's just this op-ed piece, which might as well be uh, a paid advertisement, right? It's a bizarre thing. I'll I'll, I'll stick that up if I can... uh, get uh, get a link to it and you can take a look at it i mean it is a it's just a little bizarre i think that's the best way to describe it and it is one of those things where you think boy i am never ever 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 going to unsee what i just saw remember when i told you a couple of years back it was never about the confederate monuments Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? About four minutes from now, I am going to confirm for you that it was never really about the Confederate monuments. And the latest from the schools, there are now officially uh, 13 genders. I'll try and explain that to you moments from now. It is 314 Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. 20 Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA. It is a Tuesday afternoon. You'll pardon me, I'm only slightly distracted. Uh, Car Gurus is sending me more. Uh, I don't know how to say it politely, but uh, I mean, every time we turn around, you, you just look for one vehicle, and the next thing you know, it's like every seven minutes. Uh, now, this one looks good. I'm going to have to uh, send it on to. Uh, uh, my f- brother from another mother, Stan, over at Certified, and let him take a look at it. I think Stan's getting a little tired of it as well. All right, Jeff, we got it. You're looking at a new car. Go do it already. Be done with it. But uh, good guy. Anyway, listen, there are apparently 13 official genders in Davis, California. And you know what's weird? I was actually a little surprised that there are only 13 different genders in Davis, California. This is the Davis Unified School District. And uh, they are now being taught that they have to know terms like a gender, not like a gender. No, no, and not even like a gender, but rather a gender, as in you don't have a gender, which I think technically we would say is impossible. But okay, uh, so a gender, uh, by gender, which would mean you're both uh, male and female. But doesn't that sort of fly in the face of them saying they're actually thirteen genders? Wouldn't you have to be, like, Triskaidecka gender? How can you be bi-gender, which says you have both genders, if you're telling the kids at the same time there are 13 genders? I mean, at that point, you're leaving 11 of your genders out, and that just doesn't seem right. And I think there should be a protest. I'm sure there will be. But anyway, all right, so bi-gender. Then there's tri-gender. Once again, same problem. Tri-gender, you know, T-R-I, would mean three, that somehow you have three genders. So for most of us who live on planet Earth, of course, we would say, well, you can't have three genders uh, in your body because there's only two genders. But 
even according to this, now you've got problems going in either direction with this school division, don't you? Because if you are tri-gender, then you are saying to the bi-gender person that uh, you can't just be two. And then you're saying to the uh, the other uh, ten genders that you claim exist, you're saying to them, well, wait a minute, you don't really exist. Oh, and then, of course, transgender, which you know is 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 all the uh, the rage at this point but then there was another one that i thought was really interesting uh they are telling the kids that they need to know about those who are pan gendered and i i i i just thought well like a frying pan like a saute pan like 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 like, like a cake pan I mean, look, you know, you do you, but it, it just seems a little odd to me anyway. I mean, far be it for me to judge, but uh, it, it does seem just, uh, well, a little bizarre that your gender would be defined by uh, kitchen implements. What about this poor spatula? Is it, is it, well, anyway. All right, so the New York City Council Cultural Affairs Committee is deciding now whether they will rip down the following statues. Remember, you do remember when this started. Jeff, we're just going to get rid of these Confederate statues because no, 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 we're not being like the Taliban and tearing everything down. We just want these gone. That's all. I mean, they're, you know, they're Confederate and and, and, and they lost. And so they got to go. Oh, okay. And, and that's it. That's all we're looking at are the Confederate statues. Mm-hmm. All right. I told you that wasn't true. You remember that? I said it flat out. That is absolutely positively not true. What it is, it is the first shot over the bow. First shot over the bow. Well, we're going to get rid of the Confederate statues because, you know, people sort of kind of, well, okay, I, I can see that. Well, now we're at the point that the New York City Council is going to decide whether they will tear down the statues of Christopher Columbus and George Washington and Peter Stuyvesant. The Stuyvesant, as you may or may not know, was in many ways sort of kind of considered one of the, the, the earliest settlers in New York. Right? It was New Amsterdam then. There's a park named for him. Stuyvesant High School is one of the big exam schools in New York City, sort of like our uh, governor's schools. But we're going to tear his statue down because, well, you know, he was white, so he's got to go, and he was a slaveholder, so he's got to go. Okay. Uh, George Washington's got to go because, well, I'm not exactly sure why. But, of course, if they do tear down the George Washington statue, then what else will go? George Washington Bridge? You think it'd have to Washington Square Park? I would imagine that would have to go. And then, of course, poor Christopher Columbus, who is caught in the crosshairs here. One side saying, well, wait a minute, he's, he's a hero to Italian-Americans. And it's a, it's a great accomplishment. And then you have other folks saying, well, no, 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 no. He was, he was, he was uh, terrible to the Native Americans. Here's a crazy idea. Why not tell the story? Why not leave the statues exactly where they are and then just tell the story? Coming up uh, next Friday, we've got an amazing, amazing Lieutenant Jam Eternal Blue Friday honor program. 
and I don't ever tell you who the honoree is ahead of time, but I will tell you this. This month's honoree is an amazing human being. Stay close. It is 326, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVH. Quick reminder, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., you make sure that you are here. You'll join my friend John Reed. Always incredible insight. Uh, everything you need to know uh, to get your day off on the right foot. Our friend Craig Peterson is going to be along in an hour. Some of the newest tech hacks that are out there that are hitting everybody. I, I was listening earlier today to folks who describe themselves as digital pickpockets. Think about that for a second, and the ability to get information from you, utilize it in a way that is, uh, to put it mildly, not good for you. It, you'll, you won't know until you get uh, you get the bill. So uh, Craig will talk a little bit about that. Now, it, it sort of harkens back to a time things were probably a little bit simpler. Uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower was president. Ike and Love and War is a, uh, a brand new biography that uh, talks an awful lot about some conflicts that Eisenhower had uh, within his own being, if you will. Richard Streiner is joining us. He's the author of that. Richard, thank you for being here. It's my pleasure. So uh, let's dive right into this. People look at uh, Eisenhower. Uh, those of us who were not around when he was president, it, it's quite frankly, it's, it's, it's a pretty brief part of the history book you know, oh yeah he was you know sure steady cold everything straight ahead i like ike blah 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 but man way more than that to the man right oh yes we have a great deal to learn from ike and a great deal to learn about ike he was a major president uh, often unappreciated especially by his critics yeah. uh who frankly had very little idea of what he was doing behind the scenes because he kept it quite hidden for very interesting reasons it is such a contrast to modern-day presidents who, let's not get ourselves in the digital age, if a 
president today orders a cup of coffee. I've got six tweets about it. It was this flavor, <laughs> three sugars. And, you know, Eisenhower behind the scenes is like, yeah, yeah, we got to secure the whole world here. Now you don't need to tell anybody about it. Let's just get this done. It just, uh, it's just the way he was wired. Is that what it was? Uh, it's partly that way. Um, but it took a long time for him to become that kind of leader. I mean, when he was uh, younger, when he was at West Point, he was a prankster. You know, he he was uh, he talked a blue streak. He was always in your face. You know, very very different uh, from the modus operandi that you were just describing. And, and so, uh, you have to really take some time and study the way his life developed, especially emotionally. And that's that's one of the new angles that my book presents. I think I've gone into that more deeply than other biographers have. Well, you, you talk about this this conflict, essentially, with his mother, right? I mean, Eisenhower, he's a West Point guy. He's a general. He's a warrior. And his mom, if I'm reading it properly, she just thought war was bad. She was a pacifist, it seemed, almost at all she costs. She was. It was a major source of emotional conflict for him, but it fits into a much larger pattern that would take me oh, a few minutes to describe if you want me to. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious to know how he sort of got that math to work. Well, uh, both of Ike's parents were pacifists. They were members of a German uh, Mennonite sect called the River Brethren. They were pacifists, uh, but his parents' uh, personalities were very different. His father was, was an angry, frustrated man, very hard father to love. His mother, on the other hand, uh, was was absolutely wonderful. He adored her uh, into old age. He said so. Um, but the thing about uh, him and his mother and the pacifism and the fighting arts <clears throat> is that, of course, he didn't want to be a mama's boy. None of his brothers did either. Yeah. And so uh, he would he went around Abilene, his hometown, looking for uh, other male role models, as we would say in today's language. Uh, mentors, and, and he met a number of them, uh, tough guys uh, who taught him the manly arts, camping out, cooking over a campfire, playing poker, bluffing at poker, uh, and shooting. And uh, one of his teachers in target practice was a guy who claimed to have been a deputy to none other than Wild Bill Hickok. Oh, okay. Ike, <laughs> right. Ike was born in 1890. Uh, now, uh, 20 years before that, Abilene was the center of the Wild West. It was a very violent, bloody town, and only lawmen, tough guardians of peace, you see, like uh, Bill Hickok, yep. made it a safe place for decent people like the Eisenhowers to live in. So, you see, I think the way it played out in his mind, I don't think he was conscious, mm -hmm. but the way he could reconcile his decision to uh, be a career soldier, to learn the fighting arts, was to learn them precisely for the purpose of delivering his mother's fondest wish. Peace. That's the way he reconciled it. He did it the way Wild Bill Hickok did it. So here you have this career soldier who, as president, delivers eight years of uninterrupted peace. That's the way he was wired up to function. Now, I've got to remind everybody, Richard Striner is joining us. It's a brand-new book. It's called Ike and Love and War. Uh, but, Richard, it's this this second part. There's the, the sort of the subtitle here. It says how Dwight D. Eisenhower sacrificed himself to keep the peace. All right, well, explain to us what the sacrifice was. 
Well, that's where the love and war um, angle comes in. Uh, his love life was uh, very painful. Uh, his marriage to Mamie Eisenhower, whom he loved, uh, there's no question about that in my mind, but they had a troubled marriage. Now, before I get into that, I want to talk about his first love, a girl named Gladys Harding, a girl he knew and had a crush on in high school. Uh, the summer he came back from West Point, she was waiting for him, and they had this passionate courtship in the summer of 1915. He proposed to her. She said she loved him, but she couldn't answer his proposal, yes or no, just yet, because she had to sort out her feelings. She was a career musician. She was about to leave on a concert tour of the United States, and she wasn't at all sure that she could give that up to be an army wife. She really had to take some time to think that over. So off she goes, off he goes, uh, his first assignment to Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio, Texas, and he is in agony, agony, because he hasn't got an answer to his proposal, and, and he misses her. Uh, you know it from his love letters to her, which have survived. All right, so then he meets this cute, vivacious, entertaining young woman. You know who I mean, Mamie Dowd. Her parents winter in San Antonio. They start dating. They have fun. And on Valentine's Day, 1916, they get engaged. How could he have known that Gladys Harding had decided to give it all up for him? Oh. And, when she, and when she heard that he was engaged to someone else, she was so distraught that she impulsively said yes to a marriage proposal from a guy she really didn't like, and the marriage was completely loveless. And in 19, I know, and in 1953, the first year of Ike's presidency, he's, he's visiting Abilene, the motorcade is going down the main street, and this middle-aged woman runs out. <laughs> uh, she'd never forgotten. And I don't think he'd ever forgotten either. Fast forward uh, to that marriage. Um, the first major crisis is in 1920, when tragically their first child, a cute little boy, dies at age three of scarlet fever. Uh, they were devastated. Uh, now, sometimes shared sorrow brings a couple closer together. According to Eisenhower descendants, that's not exactly what happened. They, they became more distant. They retreated into private worlds of grief. Then he's stationed in the Panama Canal Zone. She comes along. He's having the time of his life. It's a rugged experience. She is in purgatory. The, the quarters they have, this, this rickety, old, infested house on stilts, you know, the jungle intruding, bats, right. lizards, mildew. She considers a divorce. <laughs> then in the 30s, he's sent to the Philippines, and she refuses to come along. She doesn't want another nightmare like that in the tropics. Now, he's the one to consider divorce, see? And then in World War II, he meets this gorgeous former fashion model, assigned to him as a driver in the British Motor Transport Corps, an Anglo-Irish beauty named Kay Summersby. And ever since, the, the controversy has been, did he, did they, or did they not have an affair? Well, Richard, um, don't, 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 don't keep us in suspense. Did they, or did they not have an affair? Well, I'll tell you what I think. Yeah. Uh, I have no, I have no doubt that they did. But you see, while while the uh, the typical chatter about this keeps it on the level of a sex scandal, mm -hmm. if people want to view it that way, let them. I can't stop them. But I think it was something far more tragic and far more profound. She wrote a tell-all memoir later in which she said he was the love of her life, and I think the feelings were mutual because you see, when he met her, he was able to have a second chance of what he'd missed out on was Gladys. 
this woman set him aflame the way Gladys had done. I think they were deeply in love. And so the question at the end of World War II is, get a divorce, uh, rest on his laurels as a war hero, and spend the rest of his life enjoying himself with this beautiful woman, or not. Because if he's going to become president in those days, uh, if you were divorced, you were dead on arrival in politics. It just couldn't be done, crazy though that sounds. So he has to make this choice. And he'd proven his skill as a warrior, but had he proven he could keep the peace? See. Uh, well, Richard, listen, man, this is this is great stuff. I want to send everybody. I'm assuming Amazon is the best place to uh, to buy the book uh, Ike and yeah. Love and War, right? Yes, it is. Okay, well, that's where we're going to send everybody. We'll get it up on our social media. I don't want you telling the whole story. I want people to get the book, my friend. Don't, don't <laughs> give it all away. No, no, no. We've done this once or twice, Richard. Take my word. Right. So we're going to send everybody over to Amazon. I can love and war. How Dwight D. Eisenhower sacrificed himself to keep the peace. Absolutely fascinating account. But there's one more thing if you have a second. Uh, well, for you, sure. Oh, thank you. Well, in his presidency, he delivered a profound age of good feelings. I mean, he really united a people who had been bitterly, bitterly divided. Now, is that relevant today? You tell me. I think it is. No matter what your politics are right now, you know, if you want to see our nation strong, mm -hmm. there's a very different paradigm. We can learn from Ike, yes. Well, that's what I was going to say. I wonder if uh, if an Eisenhower, if Eisenhower today would uh, stand a chance of being elected. Uh... Oh, now that's a very good question. Well, it might but be it your depends. Next book. It depends. It depends on uh, the expectations of people, yeah. and if they learn about Ike and what he achieved, maybe they'll start to look on our current situation a bit differently. I don't know. It's possible. Uh, it gives people something to think about. Richard, I appreciate you being here, my friend. I want people to get this book, Ike in Love and War. Really a fascinating account of, uh, as, I, as I said to Richard, a president that for those of us who didn't live through his time in office, we've read about him in history books. I mean, it's such a brief passage when it comes to Ike, uh, but there's so much more. But anyway, Richard, I appreciate you being here. It is 346, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. 52, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA, Tuesday afternoon, and I have an update on um, Vanna White. Oh, come on. Everybody has watched Wheel of Fortune at some point. Ugh. She has signed on for two more years. You know, Pat Sajak, who is a very, very, very notable uh, conservative, one of the few that's willing to speak publicly in Hollywood. The ones off stage when you're chatting with uh, some of these folks, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm actually a very, very conservative. I'm a loyal this, I'm a loyal that. You know, well, how come you don't talk about it? Well, because i got to work. i got to feed my kids. Leftists uh, control Hollywood. But anyway, uh, Pat Sajak has uh, done that show, was it, 41 years? It's amazing to have one job for that length of time. Good for him. But he's retiring, and we'll go off and uh, enjoy retirement. Uh, Vanna White says, all right, I'll stick around for two more years. And they've got that uh, goofy, what's his name, Ryan Seacrest will be hosting that as well. It's like everything. Every time you turn around, there's Ryan Seacrest. It's incredible to me. This is why, in all candor, I think AI is already amongst us. I don't, I, I, I don't believe that he has the ability to host... 82 different programs every day. So I think there's an artificial Ryan Seacrest. That's all I'm saying. Hey, out in Chicago, they did decide uh, they were able to do a very close analysis. This new mayor out there, Brandon Johnson, 
a very, very close analysis of the car theft problem. And it's not, oh, it's not the car thieves at all. In fact, the criminals are, are not even, it's the car manufacturers. So the city of Chicago has filed a lawsuit against Kia and Hyundai because those are the cars that are being stolen the most. And therefore, the city of Chicago, under the leadership of this Brandon Johnson, has decided that uh, you've got to somehow hold the car manufacturers accountable for the fact that, well, their cars are being stolen. Now, what is happening, of course, is that over on TikTok, Chinese operation, as you know, uh, you have people who are stealing Kias and Hyundais and saying, take a look at me stealing this Kia, take a look at me stealing this Hyundai, and you can do it too. But instead of going after the criminals, instead of increasing a police presence, this guy says it's clearly the car manufacturer's fault. Absolutely, positively, bat crap crazy. Oh, and the only way to save democracy, so that you know, is to destroy it. I'll tell you all about that at 405. It is uh, 356, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. I remind you, a week from today, we've got uh, my old buddy Bill O'Reilly coming by. I'm looking forward to that. He'll be here at uh, 335. He's got a brand new book out. No surprise, right? O'Reilly's always got a book. I'm telling you, he writes them faster than I read them. But latest book is called Killing the Witches. It's all about the Salem witch trials. And I cannot wait to read it. I got it today. And uh, I've got an event this evening, so I'm not going to start until I get home. But I love the way Bill writes, and then the research that goes into each of the books in the Killing series, absolutely incredible. So again, uh, Bill O'Reilly will be here next week. You want to make sure you are here for that. So, do you remember Brian Steltler, Mr. Potato Head from CNN? Right, he was... Well, well, he was him. I mean, I don't know what else there is to say about him. He's, he's a goofy sort of a dude. Um, he is, however, I've got to give him credit for this. He is a writer and a producer for the new, relatively new Apple TV show called The Morning Show. And it, it features two of my favorites, Jennifer Aniston and uh, Reese Witherspoon. And just love them. Ab- oh, my God. I absolutely adore them. And I think it's a pretty good show. Hey, you know, you might see some bias here, some bias there. But fundamentally, I think it's a pretty good show. And I, I remember seeing his name on part of the credits. I think he was listed as a producer. Now, really? Well, apparently he wrote a book similar to that. And I, I'm going to confess, I haven't read it. But I was a little impressed with that. Now, all of that being said. He is still an unapologetic uber left wing troll. I mean, he's he, even now that he's bounced from CNN. So he shows up on MSNBC. Oh my gosh, yeah. And you kind of know where it's going, but I will remind you I watch MSNBC so that you don't have to. No, 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 it's okay. It's all right. You're welcome. Uh, let's take a listen to cut number three, please. Whatever verbiage we want to say, uh, terminated, ended the show, fired. Um, fired. I like the word fired. Has, okay. I li- I, I, 
So has CNN, in your view, lost its way? Um, and were they wrong in some of the programming decisions they made, including regarding yours? No, I think there's a big difference between a, a management regime versus CNN as an institution. And that's true for lots of media companies. When you're reading the newspaper, you're reading a website, and you hate an article, you hate a column, judge that one column. Don't judge the entire institution. And that's what I would say about a CNN or any other big media brand. But when it came to me, I think CNN was, and maybe still is, struggling about what to do about Donald Trump. That's a problem that's been going on for almost a decade, and it's not unique to CNN. This is the challenge that every journalist in America is facing. Some might want to avoid it, might want to pretend it's not a problem, might want to pretend they figured it out, but it's an incredibly hard problem to solve. Uh, this torrent of lies uh, directed at an institution that's trying to get to the truth. And mm. Ari, that's why we need this kind of coverage all the time to try to figure out the best, best path to being louder than the liars. That's our job. We are supposed mm. to be louder than the liars. Huh. Now, uh, riddle me this, uh, Bat Potato Head. You're, what is the Trump problem? See, this is what I don't understand. Do you understand? Because I don't understand it. He just says to us, CNN has a Trump problem. This is a, this is a problem that many, quote, journalists have. Uh-huh. Well, uh, I would say to you that if you were an actual journalist, you wouldn't have a problem. Because an actual journalist is not involved in advancing agenda items. And that is your problem, Mr. Steltler. And, and quite frankly, it is the problem that we see play out in newsrooms around America. That you have folks who will tell you that they are journalists. They will preach to you, I am a, I'm a real reporter. It always reminds me of Pinocchio. You know, I'm going to be a real boy someday. Uh, okay. I'm going to be a real reporter someday. Today's the day. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. But they want to lecture you. I'm a reporter. I'm a journalist. But, but you're not actually examining issues. You are regurgitating on demand all of those left-wing talking points. That's not journalism. That's PR. Propaganda. I mean, that's what that is. And, and make no mistake, there is, there is absolutely positively a place for PR. Right? It's a big business. But the place for PR is not really in the newsroom. I look at the national networks, television as well as radio divisions, and I am appalled. Locally, yeah, we've got some good people. Look, you cannot take anything away uh, from my buddy John Briquette, Crime Insider, CBS 6. Wayne Coville, CBS 6 is solid. Again, I talk about the great team that uh, that Shane and Larry, who's left, but they put together at uh, 8 News. They, they are solid reporters, and I'm happy to, uh, to have access to each of them. They're good, solid reporters. But unfortunately, what you're finding is that they're the exceptions, that it's much more the people like Steltler, who, again, say we have a tr they have a Trump problem. What is the problem? Oh, we have to be, quote, louder than the liars. What does that mean? Your job is not to offer the opposing point of view. 
Your job is to record and report. Now, you can have whatever point of view you want when you're off duty. I don't care. But your job is supposed to be, allegedly, to, to take the facts of the matter and say, here's what happened. Here are the people who did this, or here are the people who said this, and here's what they said. Instead, the CNNs, the MSNBCs, they are advancing as best they can that left-wing narrative. That, that's why so many of us have simply drifted away from those sorts of newscasts. I don't know about you. Do you, do you watch the, the national television nightly news? I don't. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched. Well, you know what? That's not true. That's not true. No, let me correct myself. It was probably five and a half years ago because it was right before my mom passed away. And she watched it. She had uh, an evening television regimen. She would watch uh, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy and uh, whatever the, the nightly network news was. And then she would ask me questions about what was happening on the news. She'd say, hey, did you hear about such and such? And I'm thinking, man, if you lived where the rest of us live, technologically speaking, in the modern age, you... You would have heard that story three days ago. And, you know, it was kind of a challenge at times. Because as much as I loved my mom, and I, I, I did, and I still do, eh, she could be hard. She could be very difficult. And so there, there were times where I just wanted to yell, hey, hey, already heard it. And then you think, well, no, you don't do that. That's your mother. But it was a real eye-opener in terms of how people consume media and, 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 and are able to absorb information. My mom had to wait until it appeared in her daily newspaper, which was always a couple of days late, or on the national nightly news, which also was was late with the stories. My sons, well, Harry, Harry and Joe just have consumed everything on a device that's held in their hand their entire lives, right? They don't have any allegiance to stations, networks, channels, nothing. And that's the way this is all going. And those of us who deliver content, we have to be aware of that. We've got to deliver it in ways that people consume it. So when you are listening to an MSNBC, a CNN, a Stoutler, you've got to understand a few things. They're not real reporters. They're not even close. And the fact that they think they are indicates what a terrible job journalism schools are doing for the most part in this day and age coming up at uh, 435 our buddy craig peterson is going to be here uh we're going to talk uh, as we always do each and every week uh challenges that you and i might be seeing in that tech world especially with safety issues i'm, I'm listening to a podcast right now which is all about you ready for this digital pickpockets and i'm thinking oh my god they're everywhere. We'll see if Peterson's got a uh, a cure for that. First thing tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., my buddy John Reed will be here. Please make sure that you are here for John's program. Always good stuff with John. It is 415 Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. 421 Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Yes, I was, uh, I was slightly distracted looking at... Uh, 
at a text here, and it's not just the uh, the car people sending me cars. No, this one is uh, considerably more important. Just confirming tomorrow afternoon, right out of the gate, uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin is going to be joining us. Looking forward to that. Tomorrow afternoon, 3.15, please make sure that you are here for that. Uh, my friend Jeremy will have to do some juggling on the... Uh, on the technical side, but uh, no problems. I can guarantee he'll get that done. So uh, mark it down. Make sure you are here tomorrow, 315, Governor Glenn Youngkin. Really looking forward to uh, <laughs> look uh, to uh, chatting with the governor. There's so much going on, and he's been crisscrossing the state, obviously, encouraging Republicans to vote early, right? We, we don't do that. Oh, my God, I'm going on Election Day. And, and you know what? I'm one of those guys. I love Election Day. I love walking through the, the, the people with little handbills and, and the tents and the rest. Oh, I hate your side. Oh, I hate your side. Oh, I hate your side more. But yeah, at least here in Hanover, man, there's never that. Even for those of us that are totally opposite sides, everybody seems to get along quite well. But it's going to be a big election up here in Hanover. And there's, it's just a part of me that says, you go on election day. But the thing is, the rules have changed. And if you're going to win the game, then you have to play with the rules you have. It really is just that simple. I don't, I don't organize campaigns. That's, that's not my job. Never has been. But I understand how they work. And I understand that if you want to make anything different, you want to change anything, number one, you have to win. That's not fair. If somebody wins, somebody loses. Yeah, that's just kind of the way this works out there, buddy. Somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose. And if you want to make changes, you want to make people's lives better, then you need to win. And that means you can't just say, okay, well, on November something or other, you go and vote. If, in fact, voting really begins on September the 22nd, then you have to make sure you're telling people you can start voting on September the 22nd. And there's absolutely going to be, I know, pushback. Well, that's not Election Day. That's not the way we've always done it. Absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. But it also doesn't matter. The election season now, such of it is, such as it is, begins on September the 22nd. Once again, take a look at this in a generational scope you and i of a certain age say that elections take place on one day both of my boys harry is 22 joe is 18 as far as they're concerned there's always been an election season that's just the way it is and that is just the way that it is I give you another example of non-journalistic performance. PBS, which, as you know, stands for, I believe, professional Biden sycophants. Although there are some who are saying that uh, PBS actually stands for uh, uh, piles of uh, Bernie Sanders. I, I, I don't know. I'm going with my first one. Cut number two, please. Republicans have lobbed unsubstantiated allegations against President Biden since taking over the House in January, but have so far turned up no evidence of wrongdoing. Now, three committees, oversight led by Chairman James Comer, judiciary led by Jim Jordan, and Ways and Means led by Jason Smith, will continue their dive into money members of Joe Biden's family made overseas. 
allegations of selling access, and whether the president arranged, quote, special treatment for his son in ongoing criminal investigations. Extreme MAGA Republicans have launched an illegitimate impeachment inquiry that is a kangaroo court fishing expedition and conspiracy theater rolled into one. Congressional Democrats and the White House dismissed the new investigation as politically motivated. White House spokesman Ian Sam said, House Republicans have been investigating the president for nine months, and they've turned up no evidence of wrongdoing. His own Republican members have said so. This is extreme politics at its worst. McCarthy called the designation a, quote, logical next step that will give GOP committees stronger investigative powers to access bank records and other documents. But his announcement also comes as Congress faces an end of September deadline to prevent a government shutdown. The rushed and you know somewhat rattled performance you just saw from the speaker isn't real. And far-right Republicans have threatened a shutdown and McCarthy's gavel if their list of demands, including an impeachment inquiry, go unmet. You'll notice how she starts the whole thing. She makes a blanket statement as if she somehow has all the information. Did you pay close attention to what it was that she was saying on that network that you and I pay for through our tax dollars? What did she do? She repeated almost verbatim the statement from the White House. Hacks. Every last one of them. Can we stay safe on the uh, the interwebs? Well, Craig Peterson says, maybe. He'll be with us at 435. Tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., of course, my buddy John Reed will be here. Please make sure you are here for John. And you'll get it right at 6 a.m. so you don't miss the news with Gary Hess, another excellent, excellent guy. 427, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Four thirty-six, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. It is a Tuesday afternoon. Now you know I, I spend a lot of time in my uh, my little podcast world, and the things I'm listening to, man, they're just all over the place. None of it political, by the way. There's not a single solitary political podcast anywhere. Uh, I want to hear more about uh, serial killers. And Heidi always makes fun of me. She mocks me. Why do you always listen to the Serial Killer podcast before you go to bed? What is wrong with you? And it's like, well, I can give you a long list of things that are wrong with you. But that that's not actually wrong. I listen to those Serial Killer podcasts because, in all candor, they're all the same. There's no difference. The fact that we have the podcast means the bad guy got caught. Now, there are victims and all, but the bad guy got caught. And, and it means that I can fall asleep. And I don't have to worry about missing the end. I don't ever go back and listen to the part I missed. It puts me to sleep. And then I got other stuff like uh, a lot of the- theology, as you know. But I also have come across uh, some guy who's covering a lot of things, including digital pickpockets. And I thought, well, there you go. That's uh, my buddy Craig Peterson, who can comment on that and how all of these despicable hosers, as he calls them, uh, frankly, are destroying every single solitary part of our life. That's why I always look forward to chatting with you, Craig. You're just such an uplifting ray of sunshine. Hello, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I hope Patty's not sitting there taking notes while you're asleep to find out what the end is <laughs> so she can... Plot your demise somehow. <laughs> God, I hope. Oh, now I am going to have to get one of those Apple phones because she refuses to touch those. <laughs> <laughs> you, my friend, had this whole thing this week, and I want to get it right. Business email 
compromise. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, isn't that what we're, well, we all should be? And that sounds so positive, and yet uh, not so much. Yeah, it really isn't. And it's businesses, it's our elderly, it's really kind of all of us. But there's a specific part of this whole fishing thing. And I, I've been talking about that in my newsletter the last few weeks. You know, we were talking about whales and spear fishing and all yep. this stuff. It, it, it's the hosers who are trying to suck money out of your account, right? The bad guys that have this big vacuum cleaner that empties your bank accounts, which is a real problem. Yeah. And business email compromise, the FBI is saying, we're talking about an industry that's a $10 billion industry over the last few years here, where they send an email, often they'll send it to the financial people and accountant, and they'll pretend they're the CEO or pretend that they are a a supplier of the business and send an invoice and wait for you to pay it. Wow. I hate to say this. It sounds brilliant. I mean, it's devious and and underhanded and illegal and terrible, but man, somebody somewhere on the bad guy side, somebody's kind of smart, right? Yeah, well, again, you know, if only they use their intelligence, right? But it's, yeah, they, they really are very slick here, what they're doing. And they are fooling a lot of people. I, I had a client who called me up last week twice because they, they had a new bookkeeper and they were getting invoices from suppliers that did not really, well, they existed. If you looked up the business, it was a real business. And if you called the phone number, it was the business's phone number. But the account they wanted you to ACH or or transfer the funds into was not that business's, and there was no business relationship. So this is just a quick warning to anybody that's in a business at all. You have to double-check these invoices and things now because what these hosers are doing on the other side is they get into business email accounts, and you probably heard about that. I was talking on the radio about this on my show and my podcast as well, but uh, this massive breach by Microsoft systems where there were some keys that were stolen, and man, what a mess that thing is. That's still going on. But what the bad guys are doing is they get access to your email, your business email. They go in there and they say, okay, here's the invoices that have been sent out. So now they've got maybe a PDF, that's usually what it is, mm-hmm. of the invoices that were emailed out. And they just modify them and they send them again, often with a little note saying, hey, it's 90 days overdue or whatever. And a little note also, you know, please note the change in the ACH bank address or number. And maybe that's why we didn't get the funds from you. But you got to pay it now or we'll stop providing services. Even that where it's a legitimate provider, Jeff. So you got to be really, really cautious and double check everything. You know, that's the thing is the cost now that businesses are going to have to pay. It, it's not just, hey, we have to pay ABC company because we got such and such services. Now you've got to go back and that person in an accounts payable or whoever is that takes care of that, the bookkeeper, the accountant, right? They don't necessarily mm-hmm. pay attention to what's going on in the field or in offices, right? They just assume, yeah, you needed uh, a new printer, so we bought a new printer, and here, here's the bill for it. 
now you're going to have to have either a new staff person or or double the work of that person to actually confirm all of this. Man, this is really expensive. It is. And and talking about expense, the worst case I know of personally was a CEO who was on vacation, a young lady who goes by the name of Olga in Eastern Europe, and she managed to, through a series of things, convince the CFO that she represented a company that was providing parts and services to this company because she'd done a little research. She spent a couple of days on this, Jeff. Mm-hmm. And she had that CFO wire her $45 million. Stop. $45 yeah, what, million? What she, million dollars what she did was she she researched the company she found she targeted them for no particular reason other than okay they they had the name of the ceo on the website they had the name of the cfo on the website in fact uh, the fbi has used my website as an example of people this is what you do not what you're doing (laughs) so all she had to do now was find out a little bit more she found out okay here here's the guy she sent him a friend request on Facebook saying, uh, because she knew from LinkedIn that he went to Harvard. Oh. So she looked up Harvard and found some of the professors that were teaching at the time. She knew that he graduated with an MBA. So she pretended, yeah, we were in the same class together. And would you friend me? He friended her on Facebook. She found out on Facebook now that he was going to the Caribbean on vacation with his family and would be out of touch. And also that he was using a Yahoo email account and he was corresponding with people inside the business from the Yahoo email account. So she then goes to YouTube, I'll make this really short here, but goes to YouTube where they have videos of four hour long videos of kids crying. So she was playing that in the background at full volume. As she calls up to support people at Yahoo, my husband's out of the country and I need to get into his account. He's lost his job. He's got this offers coming in the email. I got to get on it right now. She conned them into giving her his password for the email. She got into his email. Yeah, but think about how much time's involved on her part. Not bad. Not a bad haul. And, And another... Another company that became a client of mine, they, they had $80,000 that was sucked out of their operating account. Gone. And according to the FBI, once that money is out of the account, it's in about 90 seconds it's out of the country. Unrecoverable. It, it, it is just incredible. And, you, you know, the only thing is I'm glad to hear that Olga got a legitimate job because she's actually married to three people that I know. That, uh, that whole I just I, I can't even begin to imagine making that work. I, 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 oh, oh. Listen, Craig, I don't have eighty million dollars or forty-five million dollars to protect, but most of us have got to protect <laughs> what we've got. Uh, I always send people to your website. Remind everybody how they get signed up because I love your newsletter, man. I really do. I just there's just uh, there's so much there that's important, and you and I know your lovely bride does a lot of the uh, the, the writing. Uh, just just great to consume easy to consume oh i appreciate that and we do we do try hard just go to craigpeterson.com slash subscribe 
craigpeterson.com slash subscribe. I'm going to send you a couple of white papers that we put together that are really important about passwords and things. And then you'll get all of this insider show prep stuff that Jeff gets every week and find out more about the hosers and how you can protect yourself. I love it, Craig. Thank you for being here, my friend. That is Craig Peterson, the website, craigpeterson.com. Go there, sign up. The newsletter is absolutely free. But let me tell you something. Uh, the value of it is just incredible. It is 445, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. 452, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. You remember Rob Reiner, meathead from uh, All in the Family? Now, he's, he's really, and anybody wants to admit it or not, he really is a pretty solid director. He's done some great stuff throughout the years. But he is an absolute unhinged left-wing lunatic. And he, he has a solution to all that ails us right now. He has declared that democracy can only survive if, number one, former President Donald Trump is thrown in jail right now, and number two, all independent or third-party candidates are, for, are prohibited from running. Now, let that sink in for just a second. We are going to save democracy by trashing democracy. Bobby Kennedy had someone show up at an event in L.A. armed and apparently looking to do him harm. You don't need to be an A-plus student of history to understand that, well, that's problematic. Bobby Kennedy, who was here a couple of weeks ago, who, I got to tell you something, I like. I like. Reminds me of old-style Democrats. It's, It's not who is in the Democrat uh, organization anymore. But here's Bobby Kennedy Jr. saying, I'm a Democrat. I mean, my God, I'm from the Kennedys. Of course we're Democrats. And the DNC is so convoluted and, 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 and corrupt that they're doing everything possible not to let him on ballots, not to let him uh, be on uh, debate stages. And now the worst part of this. Gang, you can... You could look at his candidacy and say, well, we're not going to pay attention to this. But how on earth, how on earth can the Biden White House refuse to provide Bobby Kennedy Jr. with Secret Service protection? I don't care if you disagree with him on every single solitary issue out there. I don't care if you are working overtime to uh, keep him off the ballot or out of the debates. Isn't there at least one lucid moment for our presidential meat puppet to say, oh, my God, that's that's Bobby Kennedy Jr. And you know what? I, I, I don't know if I'm running against him or not, but you got to give the man Secret Service protection. Wow. You know what's funny? Is that apparently Susanna Gibson is running television commercials. Don't get all excited. She has her clothing on. These are not the uh, the naked online porn videos that uh, that she made. 
asking for money and apparently uh, sometimes looping, you know, unsuspecting hotel employees into the shenanigans. But apparently she's got enough money to run some TV spots. I wonder if she would get more votes with her clothing off. I don't know. I Look, I don't know. I, you wouldn't have the production value of the new commercial. You just take 60 seconds of that video. Now, you know, the poor TV station would be up the uh, creek without a paddle, but uh, what are you going to do? 457, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Five oh four, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. I am uh, sitting here in the plaque shack. Got things I've got to do this evening. Very, very excited about that. Uh, reviewing some additional information, and then uh, out of the corner of my eye, it's kind of weird. Like television is on, and uh, I thought for a second, I was like, "Oh, I don't." don't uh, uh, I'm just looking, and I realized, "Oh, yeah." It, it's that Susanna Gibson, and the weird part, I didn't recognize her with her clothes on. I just, it was like, I, uh, can you twist yourself just a, you know, just a little bit, and, uh, 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 oh, oh, yeah, that's that's you. Okay, well, anyway, so she's got money. She's running TV spots, and it's it's just craziness how <laughs> she she's the victim. Isn't that hysterical? Well, you know what? It's not hysterical. It's actually kind of sad, but it's indicative of where we are as a society. She makes pornography. Now, in all candor, I I don't really care what you're doing in your bedroom. I don't. And I don't want to know. You're a married couple. You just go ahead said it before look you know one of you wants to dress up as as a sheep and the other one is little bo peep go have fun live life i don't want to know about it all i want to know is that you're you know bringing the trash cans up after the truck comes by your yard doesn't look bad but she makes the porn and despite how it's being presented by the uh uh, the bootlickers, the bum kissers, the water carriers, and the legacy news media ranks. This was not just a little something she and her husband did for each other. Uh, this is some hardcore stuff. And she used it to make money. Just for the record, she's actually rather wealthy. Mike Dickinson, who was with us, I guess, last week, right, is diving into this. I mean, he's really, really, really doing an in-depth study on uh, who she is and, and where she comes from and all the rest of it. She's got a lot of money. Did she make it all in porn? I don't think so. I mean, she's a nurse practitioner. That's a, it's a pretty responsible sort of a position, although I don't know that I could have her as a nurse practitioner anymore. Could you go to her and say, oh, I, I got a pain. Oh, you know what? Never mind. No, no, never mind. I, I don't want to. No, forget it just bizarre it really is it's just a bizarre situation but but she is presenting herself now as the victim and i'm going to remind you when the videos were first released last week i didn't hear about it from a republican i heard about it from a couple of democrats and then i read the story in the washington post you know what i think i think that somebody who is mm, 
someone who is a supporter of hers thought to themselves, maybe we should get ahead of this. Isn't that what happens? And then you can craft this narrative that somehow you're the victim. You know you're not going to get any pushback on it. In fact, today, in the uh, in the paper, she's she's got an op-ed piece. And and it's it, it, no mention, no mention that she's notable because she's she's a porn performer. It's just what it is. It's weird. Hey, do you think the Bidens were paid in diamonds? I mean, you and I both know that it's like a gang of grifters that have moved into the White House and they've been running this uh, game. This is this called the long con. This has been going on now for about 50 years, as long as uh, uh, Joe Biden's been feeding at the public trough. But uh, Jesse Waters over at uh, Fox News has also done some actual reporting, which I know is shocking to a lot of people. When you, you hear about, hear, read about, see some actual reporting being done. So he's done some actual reporting. He said the, uh, the Chinese business partners that the Biden family's been involved with purchased $23 million in diamonds between 2016 and 2017. 18 different jewelry transactions. So the Biden family was doing business with Chinese diamond dealers. What you may not know is that organized crime operations forever and ever have utilized precious gems, jewels, stones as the means to pay things because you can't track them. can't really trace them in any way. It's a great way to launder money. So every time I hear one of these leftist politicians or their uh, leftist allies claiming there's, there's, there's no evidence of anything, I, I just keep going back to all the evidence. I keep going back to all the evidence. I want to give you a couple of examples. Look, I've got a few here, and I just want to make sure that uh, you are aware of them. Now, we heard, uh, uh, here, you know, let, let me do this. Let's do an extended piece here. Uh, let's do, uh, we'll start with cut number two. Again, this is PBS, and, and you can hear that they're covering for Joe Biden. We don't have to listen to all of it, but just a, a piece of cut number two, please. Republicans have lobbed unsubstantiated allegations against President Biden since taking over the House in January, okay, let's but have there. so far no, turned up enough. no evidence of wrongdoing. Right. Okay. So they've lobbed these unsubstantiated things. No evidence of wrongdoing. Would you like to hear some of the evidence? How about we uh, take a listen to uh, cut number five, please? Appropriate. All right. Last question. Yes, ma'am. Can I just ask, what actual evidence do you have as opposed to allegations to show to the American public that would merit an actual impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden and prove that today isn't just about some of you? Oh, I don't know. McCarthy for the sake of enacting political revenge. Uh, this isn't about political Trump. revenge. We have the bank accounts. We can see, ma'am, you can see that the homes that the Bidens own 
can't be afforded on a, on a congressional or Senate salary. You also understand that it's not normal for family members to receive millions of dollars from overseas interests. Those things aren't normal. That's not normal to have 20 shell, shell country, companies. These things are not normal, and it alludes to not only just widespread corruption, but money laundering, if not influence peddling itself. And we also have the president, or the vice president at the time, on record saying that the prosecutor was fired. Well, son of a the prosecutor was fired, right? Because the prosecutor was going after the, the company that his son was working on. That's what we have. If you can't see that, if you are, if you are that blunt, look, I'll turn it over to the attorneys. People can't see that. They think it's political revenge. It's because you don't report on it. I'm not sure how you know what the American people think, but here's what they might wonder. Actually, if you're a federal prosecutor, you would be asking yourself, how can there not have been an indictment for a FARA violation? And it goes on and on. But wait, there's more, as the late, great Ron Popeil used to say. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, we'll get to him in a couple of moments. Speaker McCarthy also said, hey, all of you nitwits who keep saying, well, there's no evidence, there's no evidence, all unproven. These are all people regurgitating Democrat Party talking points. Pay attention. I don't care whether the propagandists are found in the White House or in newsrooms around America. That's what they're doing. It is part of their big lie. Remember that phrase? So here you have responsible members of the House who have seen the actual evidence, who are serving on these committees, standing up and saying, "Uh uh-uh, there's a boatload of evidence. Now, you may choose not to report it. I mean, clearly you have. But there's a boatload of evidence. There's another piece of this with Speaker McCarthy. We'll get to that in a moment. Quick reminder about the text line, 833-804-1140, 833-804-1140. You can always feel free to uh, shoot me a text. First thing tomorrow morning, make sure you're listening to my buddy John Reed. You know, John's got uh, some big stuff coming up. Andy, no. I'm I'm just stoked about this. You want to talk about an actual reporter? Andy Noe is out there all over the country doing real reporting, and uh, I know that John has uh, struck up a friendship and is chatting with him. He's bringing him to town. He got a whole bunch of stuff going on. I can't wait to hear him on the uh, on the show as well. It is five fourteen. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. 521, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Just coming across, Hunter Biden is going to plead not guilty to those three felony gun charges. All right. I don't know it's a, it's a big surprise, but the, the only uh, surprise is that he's asking to do it via video. He doesn't want to actually have to go to the courthouse. And I'm not, I know, I don't go along with that. No, I think that you you should go to the courthouse. I think you absolutely should go to the courthouse and enter your plea. His his attorney, who's a really good attorney by the way, Abby Lowell from DC, man, he is he's an excellent attorney, but says uh, Mr. Biden will enter a plea of not guilty. There's no reason why he cannot enter those two words by video conference. Well, uh, how about this? How about uh, the fact that the rest of us would like to see him walking into the courtroom? Yeah, it's not a really legitimate thing, is it? Or is it? I don't know. I mentioned to you that uh, Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy also answered all of these 
these pinheads who are uh, deployed to uh, news organizations who are saying there's no evidence, there's no evidence, there's nothing there. I don't understand. You know, they're just picking on Joe Biden. It's just not right. Uh, Take a listen to Kevin McCarthy. We're not able to present anything that was an impeachable offense at this point. Is that an assessment that you share? You know, where impeachment inquiry is not impeachment. So what impeachment inquiry is to do is to get answers to questions. Are you concerned about all the stuff that was just recently learned? Do you have any concern? Have you asked the White House any questions? Yes. Okay. Do you agree that, do you believe the president lied to the American public when he said he'd never talked to his son about business dealings? Yes or no? It's all right. You, you can't answer that? Do you believe when they said the president went on conference calls? Do you believe that happened? That's what the testimony Okay. Said. Do you believe the president went to Cafe Milano and had dinner with the, with the clients of Hunter Biden, who believes he got those clients because he was selling the brand? Okay. Do you believe Hunter Biden, when you saw the video of him driving a Porsche, that he got $143,000 to buy that Porsche the next day? Do you believe the $3 million from the Russian oligarch that was transferred to the shell companies that the Bidens controlled after the dinner from Cafe Milano took place? Okay, then I go back. Do you think the president lied that he, when he said... That an impeachable is lying and impeachable. Well, you want want to know... I'm not saying impeachment. All I'm saying is I would like to know, answer these questions. The American public ought to know, and that's what impeachment inquiry provides. Three cheers for Kevin McCarthy. Seriously. I mean, he's actually standing up to one of these uh, uh, propagandists claiming to be a reporter and saying, well, you, you don't really know what the heck you're talking about, do you? you? You are not willing to ask any of these real questions, these tough questions, at the White House. So maybe you need to pay attention to us. You know, I love this Senator Kennedy from uh, Louisiana. Do we have enough time here to uh, slide cut number six in? Is low T making you miss out on life? Are you tired and disinterested? Would you like to be? Ah, It's definitely not cut number six. All right. We're having a few uh, technical issues today. Uh, Do we or do we not have uh, cut number six? All right. I'm going with we do not. All right. We will get that, but it is uh, a little bit of uh, Senator Kennedy from Louisiana. And he is one of these guys who has absolutely no qualms whatsoever about exposing what is really going on. We need more guys like like him. We really do. I don't know if we'll get them, but we definitely need them. And I I just feel compelled to uh, to offer this. You, you know, I think, about this Jonathan Greenblatt. Jonathan Greenblatt is the boss over at the Anti-Defamation League. And the ADL, at least in theory, exists to combat anti-Semitism. But Greenblatt is an uber-left-wing activist. He's a Barack Obama lackey. And now he's the head of the ADL. And he is he's gone after, from day one, Elon Musk over at X, formerly known as Twitter. Because Elon Musk has said, yeah, we're, we're going to allow people to, well, be free on, on 
X, formerly known as Twitter. We're not engaging in censorship. Now, we're not going to have violent things, but we're not going to have censorship. And so Greenblatt claims that now uh, X is loaded with anti-Semites. But when you take a look at the folks that Greenblatt is attacking, you realize that anybody who's a conservative, as far as he's concerned, is involved in hate speech. So I can just tell you this. As the Jewish guy, don't believe Jonathan Greenblatt from the ADL when he tells you he's speaking on behalf of the Jewish people. That's just not true. 527 Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. 535 Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. It is a Tuesday afternoon. Quick reminder tomorrow afternoon, Governor Glenn Youngkin is going to be with us uh, next week. Monday, I am off for uh, for Yom Kippur. Former Governor Doug Wilder is going to be sitting in for me. And uh, next week when I get back, Bill O'Reilly is going to be with us. So we've got some great folks who are going to be part of this program. We uh, certainly value everybody who is part of this program. Do you ever wonder why there are some people that just sort of mm, like naturally hit it off with other people and other people who... Eh, not so much. Uh, the reality is that there's uh, there's some strategies to use, and you know, I'm a, I'm a big Dale Carnegie guy and Zig Ziglar, John Maxwell. They're all in my wheelhouse. And uh, Joe Bricado has a uh, book out which says, you know what? I got 21 rules that can actually help you out with this. And Joe's with us to uh, we'll share a couple of them anyway. Joe, good afternoon, welcome. Jeff, it's great to be here. How are you today? I, I am doing well, and I, I'm thrilled that you're here. I don't want you to tell everybody all 21, because I want you to sell copies <laughs> of the book. But, all right, give us a couple, man. How did you decide that you had to share this information? Well, I'm an attorney. I've been practicing for 31 years, and I do a lot of business development. I'm in front of people all the time. And studies show that you get two seconds, typically, to make that great first impression. So over the years, I've been trying to figure that out. And obviously, there's been a lot of challenges over the years to do that. Um, And then develop a long-term emotional connection with people. And as an entrepreneur and involved in a number of different businesses and knowing people globally, I started noticing patterns and started to put together a little system and a toolbox for my own use. Then I realized that as I started to do more research on the scientific research, there's probably a pot of gold here for everybody to maximize the likelihood of really achieving their goals in any relationship. So I started looking at sociological, psychological, business studies, and other expert commentary around some very common sense intuitive things. And what I've done in my book, Hit It Off, 21 Rules for Mastering the Art and Science of Relationships in Life and Business is really marry these scientific studies and the conclusions therein with these common sense intuitive things. Ah. And that's where I think true mastery is. Wow. All right. So uh, the science behind it is you're, you're talking about, I mean, there's, there's studies, there's analysis, but for, for, for me, I, I, I don't want X's and, and O's and Y's and, you know, there's probably math involved with that, Joe. And I, I, I that's not my, <laughs> so, so I need you to uh, give me the, uh, the personal part of this, just a, just a couple of things. What is it that you look for as uh, as an action in those first two seconds that you've got? 
Well, there's a lot of science around very common and basic things like eye contact, where okay. you can actually convey a lot of emotion through that. And that's one of the first things we do when we meet someone is, is look into their eyes and really convey uh, our emotion. And I think a lot of times things that sound very simple like that, we often overlook or take for granted. And I believe that a lot of us do that because we have not been exposed to the science behind these things and really emphasize the efficacy of these intuitive things. Um, there's another very common thing about we, we like to empathize with people and really put ourselves in their shoes because yeah. we care about them. And one of the rules in the book, Rule 13, is really caring through your actions. And this is, again, very uh, basic in terms of just trying to, you know, feel someone's pain, if you will, put, put ourselves in their shoes. But what science says is it's great to do that, but that's a very, um, uh, uh, we have to be very proactive when we're caring. And if you actually take a step in, in terms of coming up with a concrete action to show you care, it creates what science calls a perception of social support. What that does, it really makes people feel like that's a protector for them, a buffer for stress, and makes them feel accepted. And what they do then is they feel more emotionally connected with you. Now, knowing the science behind that, uh, every time we feel like we care for someone, we should think about not just expressing our empathy, but actually taking a concrete step concrete action to show that and now you've massively enhanced the ability to create that long-term emotional connection wow i like that i'm, I'm trying to uh, uh think about it in, in in personal life and how you you apply them and i get it in terms of probably a business uh, point of view a business relationship but if your wife i mean just between us if your wife is 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 say complaining about something and and you as the husband say come out with a solution that's not what she wants you've noticed that right like like we want to <laughs> fix these things and they're like I, I don't want you to fix it i just want you to let me tell you how broken it is and man is that is that like rule 22 is this a sequel that you're going to do <laughs> there's always a sequel to everything right yeah um so the, the nice thing about the book is that the science and these intuitive common sense things actually transcend the type of relationship you're, you're talking about. So yes, it applies in business, but it also applies in our personal lives, whether it is a marriage or other romantic relationship or friendship, etc. Yeah. For example, something very, very uh, useful is rule number 14, which is if you disagree, search for common ground. And basically what science says is that we suffer from, in many cases, what's known as the illusion of explanatory depth. And this is when we really sometimes confuse a shallow, call it familiarity, with general concepts mm -hmm. for real in-depth knowledge. And when we're pressed for more information, we have kind of vague or incoherent uh, explanations. And we find this when people kind of disagree. And what science says, you have to really search for common ground. Pivot the conversation around governing values, non-negotiables that you both can agree on, right. and really work hard to do that. And that really eliminates a lot of tension, a lot of stress in the relationship, and really opens people up to, to agreeing and compromising. I'm a deal guy. I do deals yeah. for a living. And so people always disagree on the deal, but deals don't get done unless people do find that common ground and actually compromise. Well, I mean, your background as, uh, I mean, you call yourself an attorney. I refer to you guys as practitioners of the dark arts. But, I mean, whatever, whatever the title is, I don't care. Uh, you know, when you stipulate 
to the court, right? I mean, we we agree on such and such and such and such. And then, I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you're a litigator, I mean, the whole point is, number one, you don't want to go to court. But number two, if you have to go, it it, it is all about making that deal, right? You've got to figure out where that, that balance point is. Well, that's absolutely true. And if you look at any docket around the country, most civil cases settle before they get to trial. Right. So what's going on there is people are eventually compromising. Yep because they don't want to go to trial. And so these tools are very useful, certainly in that particular setting. But, um, you know, we're living right now in a very uh, uh, uncivil society. Things are becoming much and much uh, more incivil. And, you know, we need to figure out how to resolve that. I'm actually very concerned about that. You see it in our politics. You see it on on the street. And so the bottom line is incivility is on the rise. And a lot of that's over disagreement. And so if we're able to really recognize that in many cases when we're expressing our opinion or we're trying to have a discussion, we may be suffering from the illusion of explanatory death. And it's okay to acknowledge that. You back off, you regroup, you figure out what the kind of non-negotiables governing values, the shared values that you think you can kind of put on the table as as a pivot. That's Mm -hmm. really where our focus needs to be, whether it's in politics or in our marriages or in our other personal life uh, situations. And that's really where we can really make a change and make a more civil society, and that's what we really all want. I, I think so. Listen, I, I, I am thoroughly impressed. I'm going to uh, remind everybody. It's called Hit It Off, 21 Rules for Mastering the Art and Science of Relationships in Life and Business. Best way for, uh, for folks to get this book, Joe? Go to hititoffthebook.com. Uh, all the links are there for where you can buy books and buy the audio book as well. Love for everybody to follow me on social media at Joe Bercato Official. And uh, if anybody's in the Chicagoland area on October 14th, we're doing a great book signing at Barber's Bookstores at Yorktown Mall in Lombard. At Saturday, it's 3 p.m. on October 14th. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to share all of this on our social media. And uh, I appreciate you being here. And uh, we'll get you back. Maybe what we'll do is we'll break it down with the even-numbered rules and the odd-numbered rules. What about that? (laughs) That sounds good. The even numbers and the oddballs. Got it. No, I would love to do that. I'm honored by the invitation. I look forward to it. Thank you, Counselor. That is Joe Bracado. His book is called Hit It Off. It's, it's a really, really interesting read. It really is. It just sort of jumped out at me, and I thought, huh. It, it, it's really, I mean, look, it, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not a political issue. It's not this, it's that. But yet, you've got all these little pieces that you can apply to all this stuff. So you get a chance. You may want to check that out. Again, hititoffthebook.com. Big, big announcement coming in from Goochland County. You know, there's a very big race out there for Commonwealth's attorney. There has been a huge endorsement. You know, the George Allen endorsed John Lumpkins, what, uh, two weeks ago? Well, there's another big endorsement. I'll tell you all about it in just a moment. It is 545 Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. Tuesday afternoon. Tomorrow afternoon, Governor Glenn Youngkin is going to be here. Next week, our old pal Bill O'Reilly is going to be dropping by. Looking forward to uh, catching up with Mr. O'Reilly. Monday, Monday, I will not be here. It is uh, Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and so I will be uh, absent. I will uh, 
be at services as I should be. I got a couple of. It's kind of bizarre how it's working out, but I I, I won't be here. <laughs> it's the long and the short of it. And I am so grateful to uh, Governor Doug Wilder for saying, "Yeah, I'll sit in." I mean, what a what a good guy. I love I love the gov. And then that Thursday of next week, I'm just giving you the heads up because sometimes if I'm not here or John's not here, but people go, "Oh my God, oh my God, it's a, it's a Tucker Carlson moment." It's not. Now Thursday is. Uh, is is back treatment. Uh, I, I did share with you the other the other day that uh, Thursday I'll be out because I got to you know play around with my spine. It's, it's and, and and it's it's become it's essentially every I don't know, every three to six months and it, and it will be. That's just the way it is, and, and it is life changing when you read those words. Like I knew that I was hurting, and uh, when you read the words permanently partially disabled let me tell you it just it sucks the wind right out of your lungs but anyway so that's the situation so tomorrow governor glenn youngkin will be with us looking forward to chatting with him you know he's on tour across the commonwealth really trying to convince republicans they need to vote early early voting starts september the 22nd and i know there are a lot of republicans going well i like voting day so do i but that's not the way it's played anymore so you guy you want to you want to make change you really do want to make Virginia the best place to live, work, and raise a family, you've got to vote, and you've got to win. And that means you've got to play by the new rules. Anyway, so tomorrow afternoon, Governor Glenn Youngkin will be here. Monday, uh, Governor Doug Wilder will be sitting in for me, and uh, there you have it. Now, I mentioned a big endorsement coming from Goochland County. You know, there is this race for Commonwealth's attorney out there, which is which is really interesting. You You have the incumbent who just... Uh, according to so many people, uh, seems to have a real beef with the sheriff's office. Doesn't want to prosecute cases, is is cutting deals that don't make any sense to anybody. And the former governor of the Commonwealth, George Allen, has endorsed John Lumpkins for Commonwealth's attorney. He's, He's the Republican, just so you're aware of that. If you're trying to figure out who the Republican is in Goochland County, despite the photos that the incumbent is using, he is not the Republican. The Republican is John Lumpkins, and uh, John Lumpkins has picked up the endorsement from George Allen, and uh, a little bit earlier, he picked up the endorsement from the Goochland County Deputy Sheriffs. I mean, this is just amazing to me. We, we ask our law enforcement officers to go out there and do the job, right? It's, and it's a job, i got to tell you something. Nobody calls you when you're having a good day. How many times have I I said that? Nobody calls you when you're having a good day. So it's a tough job to do. And when you lock up the bad guy, you expect that the prosecutor, the Commonwealth's attorney, will prosecute them. And it's not happening in Goochland County. And so the deputy sheriffs in Goochland have said, we need a new CA. And, And they have endorsed these guys and gals. They're endorsing John Lumpkins for Commonwealth's attorney. So uh, just something to be aware of. I've got it posted uh, if you're with me on Facebook. And I also have a story that's just come in, which is is just incredible. John Solomon, who's a good guy. You know, he does just the news. He's been here a number of times. Uh, He is reporting now a retired FBI supervisor has revealed to Congress that the FBI's uh, Washington field office had a, quote, second politically connected informant providing information relevant to the Biden family investigation, but 
was asked to shut down the source in the fall of 2020, shortly before Joe Biden was elected president. Retired special agent uh, Timothy Tebow, the former number two supervisor in the FBI's Washington field office, told the House Judiciary Committee last week that he was somewhat taken aback when he received the request from the lead agent in the Hunter Biden tax case in October 2020 to shut down the confidential human source. Quote, it shocked me a bit because I'm like the purpose of a confidential informant is to support a case. This thing stinks to high heaven. You know it. And I know it. And were it someone say on the Republican side of things, it would have been full steam ahead. Instead, we're we're seeing these swerves and these cover-ups and the special treatment and this and that. And it's just not the way things are supposed to work. And the moves now by Democrats to keep Bobby Kennedy off the Democrat Party primary ballot, that's insane. The moves to keep former President Trump off the general election ballot. Also insane. Look, you win and lose uh, the ballot box, right? It's just a shameful, shameful time. It's terrible stuff that these folks are doing. Really, really terrible stuff. Anyway, tomorrow afternoon, Governor Glenn Youngkin will be here. Really looking forward to chatting with him. He is uh, really, in my opinion, one of the best. All right. Have a fantastic evening. God willing, you and I get the chance to do this all over again tomorrow, starting at 3. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRV. Adios and Viacom deals. Going home now to stay. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.